Have you been looking for a networking platform for you to be encouraged, to be connected, to be held accountable with other working moms on what you want out of your career to get to that next level? Then join us for next month's Lunch, Learn, and Networking, which is a free monthly networking event for working moms who want to pursue their career vision but need that accountability to do so. Join us by clicking on the link in the show notes. Hey, working mom, I'm Latika, a working mom with four young girls, a career and talent development professional, coach, and author. Ever since I overcame postpartum depression and got back to working in my career vision, I have been on a mission to help working moms like you balance life and pursue their career goals or vision. In this podcast, I will share tips and inspiration on working life balance, career growth, career planning, productivity, self-care, and so much more, including our faith and its importance as working moms. View this as your one-stop shop to lead and grow your career and balance it all as we go through life together. So as you are working around the house, on your lunch break, or during your commute, get ready to laugh, talk back to me, and learn something new to be the boss mom you desire. This is The Latika Vine Show. Hey, working moms, welcome to another episode of The Latika Vine Show. I am so excited that you are here. I know I say that every episode, but I am so excited for this season, for this series of making career history. And as we've talked about in previous episodes, we're just going to bring some just incredible women to this season who are going to talk about how they're making history, not only in their family, not only in their industry, but just making history, period in their careers. I can't wait for you to just hear about what these women are are bringing, what they're offering, what they've done, what they're going to do. I just can't wait. And I pray that everything that you experience from the guest, you're able to take and utilize, mimic, do something similar so you can also make that career history. And today I'm really excited about our special guest. And Kristen Printon is someone that I have recently met on LinkedIn and am absolutely excited to have her on this episode in this particular season. As I mentioned, we met on LinkedIn, we kicked it off, and you know, you guys, LinkedIn has been my number one source of meeting so many phenomenal women, and Kristen is one of them, and she's doing some really big things, so I can't wait for you guys to hear about her 
making career history. But first, welcome, Kristen. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, especially this season. It sounds like it's a pretty powerful group of women that you're going to have. So thank you so much for having me. Uh, as you mentioned, yeah, I obviously am a fellow working mom. I have been married almost seven years now. Uh, my husband and I will celebrate seven years this May. We've got two kids. I've got a son who is three and a half and a daughter who is one and a half. And as you can imagine, at that age, life is very busy and very messy <laughs> right now. Uh, so they are amazing, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of work to balance everything, both career and family and wife and every, every hat that we as working moms all wear. Uh, so the professional side is that I am a vice president of a boutique financial planning firm that I actually helped co-found in 2015 with my business partner. Uh, prior to that, we were still clearing business through our parent company. So I've actually been an active financial planner for the last 11 years. Uh, and we just added in a, a third advisor. So even work-wise, things are are growing and, and busy as ever. And uh, it's just a very fun and exciting time of life right now. That is so exciting. That is so exciting. And I can't wait for you to dig into that and to talk about that, um, you know, but just as you mentioned, you know, you have two kids, two beautiful children and our wife. So you, understand the the juggle I don't want to say struggle but the juggle that goes into managing everything yes. absolutely <laughs> absolutely one especially within my career or my industry in general as a financial services professional it's a very male-dominated career as well yes. and so I think that was something that was relatively unique for me to experience firsthand of, I think it's because it's such a male dominated industry. I do think that there are some kind of certain male characteristics that you kind of take on when I'm wearing my business owner hat. And so to have that juggle, I think that was something that um, I, I will say a struggle just because personally it was for me of trying to figure out how to balance between my business owner career hat and then trying to completely pivot and switch gears once I came home and even just switching gears as a wife as well because I'm the primary wage earner in my household and so we have somewhat of a unique dynamic in that way and then adding in kids to the mixture now of now I'm switching gears at home from not only just being a wife, but now also being a mom as well. And everything that comes with your vision of motherhood and what that may look like for you. And yet, you know, to your word earlier, still trying to juggle all those pieces and figuring out what does it look like? Kind of who do I need to be in each given moment, depending on you know, whose needs I'm trying to fulfill in the moment, whether it's work or family or husband, or even just my personal needs. I think it's very common for us as working moms to let ourselves fall to the very, very bottom of that list. And so it, it definitely, I can say with certainty, I'm significantly better at that now, uh, now that I'm, you know, a handful of years into motherhood. 
but it was definitely a struggle for me personally, identifying how do I juggle that shift from work me to wife me to then adding in mom me, that there were a lot of different things. And I think I've gotten a lot better uh, with the more practice <laughs> that I've had. Right. No, absolutely. That That's, that's very true. You know, that, that experience allows you to truly identify how to, to manage it all, you know, um, you know, what is the saying? Um, if it doesn't break you, it makes you stronger, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like that's a lot of us, you know, we are managing so much on our plate, but it's, it, it definitely makes us stronger. Mm-hmm. It, it makes Absolutely. us stronger women and, um, we're fearless, we're courageous, we're overcomers, uh, because of that experience, uh, being able to manage it all. And, and I love what you said, how, you know, you have to pivot, you know, throughout your day, you know, you can be VP one moment and then wife a next, and then mommy a next, and then you still are daughter, sister, mm-hmm aunt, cousin, friend, best friend, acquaintance, you have so many things on your plate. And so you do have to pivot moment to moment uh, to really be present in the in that moment for whatever you need. So I love that you mentioned that, because I don't think a lot of us identify that we have to pivot and it's okay to pivot. Mm-hmm it's okay to pivot in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you can't be all things to everyone all the time. It's just um, impossible. And I think too often we have this vision that we not only can be, but that we should be. And I would push against that because it's, it's really setting yourself up for failure. If that is what you're trying to accomplish, because it's just not possible. And so identifying where you need to be with who you need to be, and it really is going to come down to priorities. And I think that is probably the biggest piece of motherhood that I've really learned that it really came down to priorities. I think most moms would would agree with that statement as well, that there is a definite shift in becoming a mother that your priorities get a lot more narrowed and a lot more focused on what is truly most important to you. And it does help eliminate some of the noise that maybe was there before that you just don't have time for anymore. And, and to help you really figure out who you need to be when, I think that is helpful. Uh, it's something that motherhood, I think, teaches you along the way. I definitely agree. I, I definitely agree. I, I, I hope you guys are, are listening to this. I told y'all Kristen was going to be awesome. She said priorities get a lot more narrowed and focused when you become a mother. And, and they do. You, you have to be intentional with where you're putting your time, where you're putting your energy, where you're putting your finances. because. You, you don't have time to waste. You don't have energy to waste. 
you, you don't have breath to waste. <laughs> Very <laughs> you true. Know? You, you have to be focused. You have to be intentional. Um, and again, I think that's another important thing for us as mothers to hear that it's okay for our priorities to narrow, to shift, um, and, and also to include us, mm-hmm. ourselves. So I, I absolutely love this. So I think this is a really great segue into asking you, what was your career vision before kids? Yeah, my career vision before kids, I don't think I had a very well-defined vision. I think for me, I did not come from money growing up at all. And that was really that what it's really what led me to becoming a financial planner was I saw a lot of the mistakes that my parents made. And so for me, it became really important to not make those mistakes myself, but to also help other people. And so for me, I always had a vision of success being tied more so to a certain income that I was making. And I really didn't have anything defined beyond that. You know, I knew I'd love to be able to travel and I wanted to be comfortable, but I really had more just a specific dollar amount kind of in my mind that once I hit that, I'd be kind of quote unquote successful. And that really changed very dramatically once I became a mom, because as I mentioned earlier, just your priorities do shift. And for me, success really became significantly less about a specific dollar amount. I was already at that point anyway. So, you know, in my mind, I was already kind of successful, even though I didn't feel like it, but I had kind of already hit my old definition of success and didn't still wasn't feeling completely fulfilled in that. But in becoming a mom, it became all about time and how can I have authority over my schedule and over my time and the flexibility to be the wife and specifically really the mom that I wanted to be for my kids, that I wanted to be able to be around. And and I, once I had my son, completely changed my schedule I went from five days a week in the office to three days a week and was home Wednesdays and Fridays and had my son just in part-time daycare uh, because I could and because that was important to me and that it really shifted the focus away from maybe this arbitrary number and more so into a true success for me was really about time and the freedom that I had to really, like I said, be an authority over my own schedule. You mentioned a lot of great things. And one of the things I, I want to pinpoint it on is that you say you didn't have really a defined vision before kids. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That is okay. We I know some of us, you know, five years old, we imagined that we would have this and we would have that. And by 35, we would just have the life. And it's okay if we didn't have that dream, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I just want to reiterate that sometimes it's okay not to Mm -hmm. have a a defined 
dream, define goal, define vision. Sometimes it's okay to allow what you had or a lack of what you didn't have kind of cater to what you want to do. Absolutely. Well, and yeah, I mean, I think part of why I had somewhat of a lack of definition is I'm a first generation college student and I didn't have a great example growing up of what professional success looked like. So I really didn't know what to emulate and what to try to strive for. And so for me, my biggest uh, you know, piece that I was striving for was financial stability because I didn't have that growing up. And I saw how much you can struggle when you don't have that. And so I think that's why I was so tied to maybe more of just a dollar amount than anything else, because I frankly just didn't know. I didn't have that example growing up. And I, so I think that's a big reason of why I lacked that definition. And obviously, as I've now gotten older, that definition has, has shifted. And yes, there are still certain numbers that I'd like to hit, but I do have more specific and defined goals, not only for myself and for my, for my business as a professional, but also for my family and what we can do with that money and helping to pay for kids college and, you know, go travel and really have experiences and open doors and opportunities for my kids that I never had myself. And so because of the finances, there's so much more I can do because I have that financial success, but I think becoming a mother really helped me define more so what it actually means to be successful and define it in a way that really works for myself and for my family. Absolutely. And also to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. To definitely be fulfilled. And I think that's important to know too, that, you know, of course, success is going to look different for everybody. And we all have our, you know, individual or personalized definition of success but making sure that success also includes fulfillment. Absolutely. You know, and not just that monetary gain, you know, because money can come and go. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, what impact did you make? You know, what, what, what did you strive to do? How did, those are things that really, Um, allow us to define success because we have been fulfilled you know we follow that purpose and so I I love that you mentioned that Mm -hmm. so as you are are going through this what was your biggest obstacle knowing okay this is my definition of success what was your biggest obstacle to get there and how were you able to overcome? I think for me, my biggest obstacle, uh, my answer will be a little bit different had you asked me this question maybe a year ago, only because I've done so much work, I think, on myself and even just learning more about mindset and the power of that. And so while I do have maybe my, my traditional answer, which maybe I'll still, I'll still share. Um, but I will say, I think for probably all of us, I think our biggest obstacle really is ourselves because we can blame it on outside things. But really the truth is that whatever that external factor is that 
you know, maybe feels as though it's forcing us to feel or think a certain way. Really, we are the ones allowing ourselves to feel and think those thoughts. Uh, and so what my maybe older answer would have been was uh, the biggest obstacle was really dealing with probably other people's expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, especially because I have a business partner who is 15 years older than I am and a male. And while he is a fantastic business partner and a huge reason for my success, there was still an obstacle there simply because we, we come from different generations. He's also a man. Uh, so there's just a difference think, between fatherhood and motherhood. And especially with his kids being teenagers and mine, you know, I was going through maternity leaves. And so I had brand new babies and there was just a struggle there. Uh, especially because the world of financial planning has changed drastically from when he had kids, from when I had kids. And so for him, I heard a lot of comments around parental leave and how in his world, you know, he only took a few days off because that's really all he could do. And and for me, as the mom, I'm thinking, well, did you push the child out of your body because I need a few more than a couple days? And uh, so there was, there was a struggle there just because it felt as though there was an expectation that I needed to get back to work very quickly. And I will say that's a bit of a regret on my end that I probably did go back to work uh, sooner than I probably would have wanted with my first I actually took longer time off with my second because I was able, I think, to kind of stick to my guns a little bit more with my second. But I think handling other people's expectations was probably the biggest obstacle for me professionally with my business partner and just a slight difference in our mentality uh, and around kind of how we define success because we do define it slightly different. But I'd say personally, the biggest expectation issue that I had was actually like my own mom because she was very clear that her opinion is the best thing for a child is for their mom to stay at home, which is difficult for a daughter to hear who is a working, successful professional and primary wage earner in my house. Even if I had wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, it just wasn't possible for our family. And Full disclosure, when I had my first maternity leave, it cemented the fact that I am not a stay-at-home mom person. <laughs> I love my children more than life itself, but I know without a doubt, I am a significantly better mother because I work and I love what my job can bring to our family. And I love the example that I get to set for my kids and showing them that you can be an amazing, present, loving, nurturing mom, and also still kick butt in the professional world as well. Absolutely. I think when, when we go back to, you mentioned your mother's expectations. Mm -hmm. So many of us have those expectations from our mothers. <laughs> so many of us. And it's a different world from when our mothers had us, even when our grandmothers had our mothers. Absolutely. It's completely different. And I think all of us listening to this episode 
can agree that we've had conversations with our mothers, aunts, grandmothers saying like, hey, yeah, I get it how you had to work. You probably had to catch the bus or whatsoever to commute. You had to come home, cook, clean, take care. Get it. Absolutely get it. We saw it. Mm-hmm. We absolutely saw it. But now you're dealing with us who are VPs like yourself, us who are CEOs, us who have senior leadership positions in organizations. And we have, uh, back in the day, it was Blackberries, but we have computers, we have laptops, we have tablets, we have cell phones. We're carrying around multiple cell phones. <laughs> we are Mul- so connected yes. all the time. Yeah. Business all has changed. Time. It's yes. it's not what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so it's it's hard having those conversations when so many people are stuck. Well, back in my day, we did X, Y, and Z, and you were expected to this. Mm-hmm. And the wife was expected and the mother was expected. But today, in 2022, we have to let go of some of those expectations of a working mother and wife mm-hmm. because she can't do it all. And for so long, we're taught, you know, hey, you're a superwoman. You're a superhuman being when actually we're not. (laughs) We're not. We can't do, we can't do it all. We can't do it all. And our children, I I actually had to bring this up um, with someone before. Our children are in activities that we definitely were not in when we were growing up. Oh yeah, absolutely. But then our children are also in therapy. There are so many other things to help them personally develop. Mm -hmm. So not only are we managing, you know, the household, the home, cleaning and laundry and dinner, and then the children and their education, but we're also dealing with their personal development. Because so many of our children have anxiety and and other things, depression and and so much. Our kids are going through so much right now. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and parenting now, it, it looks yes. very different <laughs> than what it did when we were growing up. Yeah, I have these conversations somewhat frequently that the the things that we are concerned about. I mean, I'm terrified about social media and how do I handle that with my kids? And they're too young for that to really be a concern, but social media wasn't really much of a thing when I was growing up. It was kind of really becoming bigger, not even big, but it was really, I mean, Facebook was still just for college students when I was in college. And so things like that. The world is just so much bigger and so much more connected and, you know, dealing with cyber bullying and things like that, that it's just, I'm sure the latest and greatest, you know, app when my kids are old enough, 
it, I'm sure it doesn't even exist yet. And so there are things that we have to be prepared and to parent for that are just very different that our parents didn't have to worry about. And, you know, I have had several of these conversations more with my dad and he's like, yeah, I would not trade places with you. Like it's way more difficult to be a parent now. And, and I think there's also a difference in, I think our intention around our kids too, because there's so much information available to us that I know we tend to get a lot of flack sometimes from older generations that, you know, people have been having kids forever. And why do you need all this information? And for me, I'm more of the mindset that if we know better, why don't we do better? And so if we have access to this information, if we know now you know, better ways to parent or better ways to teach our kids to go to sleep or whatever it may look like, you know, better nutrition. I mean, look at medical, you know, advances, like it would be silly for us to think, oh, well, this is how we used to do things. So why on earth would we ever advance and change and evolve as our knowledge increases? To me, it's the same thing with parenthood. And Mm -hmm. so because of that, I do think that a lot of us parents now to, to younger kids, I think a lot of us are more aware of the intention behind things and wanting to help with the personal development that I just don't know was really on the radar for our parents. Um, And so I think there's, there's some heaviness that comes with that. There's a lot of responsibility and that can be a bit overwhelming. Just, just, wearing your parent hat, let alone all the other hats that we also wear and, and have to juggle. There's a lot that we, that we deal with on an everyday basis. There is. And, you know, it makes me think about a conversation I had with my eight-year-old because we were doing something and I asked her, I said, why didn't you tell me that? And she said, well, I didn't know how you were going to react. And I said, well, how do you think I was going to react to to the situation? And she she said, I think you were going to be mad at me. That's why I never told you. And I had to sit back based on all the reading and all the podcasts that I've listened to. Mm -hmm. I had to ask her, well, how would you like for me to react to you? when a situation like this happens. And she said, well, I really would appreciate it if you not say anything, like don't say anything back to me, but maybe just give me a a hug. And so from that, I was like, okay, well now I know if there's a situation that comes up, she'd rather me affirm her Mm -hmm. than lash out on her. But that goes to your point of today we are trying, it's not like we're trying to be friends with our children, but we're just trying to make them better human beings. Absolutely. You know, and so there's so much that goes into that. And if I had that conversation with my mother, (laughs) I was like, that conversation would not have even happened in my house at all. It wouldn't even cross your mind to ask how you'd like me to react. It's just, I'm the parent and this is how I'm going to react. Yes. <laughs> and, and I honestly, I don't know where that 
shift happened or even why I don't know if it's because of the internet of that we just have access to so much information that our parents ever did. And I think so much of us, because we want to be the best moms that we can be, we research and we look up things and we listen to things and we read articles and we listen to the podcast and we read the books. And sometimes we are putting too much on ourselves because so much information contradicts itself as well. And that I think was something that I really did struggle with when I first became a mom, just even learning things like how to breastfeed and like things like that, that it's like, there's Mm -hmm. so much information out there. And I would ask nurses and my doctor and my, you know, the pediatrician, and I'm getting different pieces of advice from even the medical professionals. And I thought, you guys are all medical professionals. Shouldn't you all be on the same page? I don't understand why I'm getting different answers, but I think that's just one very, very tiny, tiny thing that we go through. And so when you expand that to every possible thing, I mean, any possible question we have that just pops into our mind, immediately we're Googling it. Yeah, and that just wasn't that wasn't a thing when we were growing up. There was no Google. There was no asking like what you did is you probably talked to your parents. Like I'm sure my mom talked to her mom, and it was just like, well, that's what they did, so this is what I'm gonna do, and that was it. I mean, maybe you talked to a girlfriend or two, but for the most part, I think you had a very very small group of people to ask questions to, and now we have unlimited resources to Google any possible question that comes up. And because of that, I think that's why we're so much more aware of all the possible ramifications. And because of that, then being, or at least attempting to be as intentional as an, and as present as we can be. And, and that takes a lot of, a lot of time and energy. And, and that's, it's not always an easy thing to do. And it can be exhausting to feel as though you have to be intentional with every single thing, it's exhausting. And I I think we should give ourselves a break and some grace on that because we just, you can't be intentional about every decision. And I don't think you have to be. And so I think we got to all cut ourselves a little bit of slack on that. I agree. I definitely agree. So you touched on this a little bit, but how are you making career history, Kristen? Yes, I would say First and foremost, it's being a first-generation college student. Uh, That obviously was a huge, uh, huge kind of history-making activity that happened or event that happened for my family. I would say I am also very active within my community and very active even within my my firm that I helped co-found, but also our parent company that we're still affiliated with. I do a lot of mentoring and a lot of giving back. And I've been very uh, humbled and honored to have been recognized for that in a couple different awards. And so for me, just continuing to kind of receive some validation that what I'm doing is right and that it's having an impact. But I would also say probably the biggest piece of career history, if I'm talking just professional, is really just being a successful woman in this career as well. Because they're like, as I mentioned before, it's very much a male dominated industry. And so I think women can be amazing financial planners, 
but I do think our strengths more so is on relationship building and less on just selling something. And unfortunately the industry tends to favor more just sales, which I think tends to be more in favor of the men. And so I think there's just a natural career uh, kind of history making just by being a female who has made it and who is successful. And I appreciate some of the awards that I've won, even at, at, you know, somewhat younger ages as well. I was one of the, the top women in finance back in 2015 and won it again in 2019. And I think when I won in 2015, I think I was their youngest uh, honoree ever. And um, that was really exciting because I was, I was still in my twenties at that time. And I had other, other honorees that are, you know, CEOs of banks and like fortune 500 companies. And so that was amazing. And, um, talk about empowering and confidence building to be in such a powerhouse group of women. And I just found out that I'll be named, uh, 2022, one of the most notable women in banking and finance for the twin cities as well. So that was really exciting. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. So those, I mean, winning any, I mean, you don't do it for the awards, but it certainly is gratifying and validating that, that the work that you're doing stands out and you just hope that you continue to make a difference and continue to kind of share your story. And really my intention is to showcase that you can be a working mom and you can do this career. And I'd love to get more women involved in my industry. This is so amazing. And this is why I'm doing this series of making career history because One, we need to look back at our accomplishments and say, yes, I I am making history in my industry, in my town, in my state, in my region. I'm making history in my country. That is huge. And so I'm I'm just, y'all, I'm so excited for Kristen. This is amazing. Thank you. This is amazing. And I just want everyone to know that Kristen is doing all of this. She mentioned she won the two awards prior to being a mom, but she's still kicking butt now as a working mom. You can do the same thing. You can make career history as a working mom. You yep, can 100% agree. Yep. It's absolutely. possible. So Kristen, tell me what was your Tabitha moment? And for those who are not familiar with Tabitha, she's a woman in the Bible. She's not mentioned much, just a little bit, but she is a woman who served her community, served it well, but one day she fell ill, died. But because of her good works, the Apostle Peter came, resurrected her, and she went back to serve in her community. But I feel like we as working moms are like Tabitha. We work and work, we work. We serve and we serve. We pour and we pour until we have nothing left. And we physically, mentally, and spiritually become ill. But it's something in those moments of us falling down, being ill, that triggers us to say, hey, we got to get ourselves together. Mm 
and then we resurrect ourselves. So Kristen, what was your tap at the moment that made you feel like, okay, I need to get myself together and be that strong woman. I know that I'm destined to be, to come out of here and, and make this career history. Yeah, absolutely. I think I probably had two moments, but I would say the first one was when my son was five months old. So he's my firstborn. And I hit a point at five months um, postpartum that I really just hit a wall. It was a crazy time of work because that would have been like right around tax time, which is very busy for me. My husband was struggling with his job. He was hating it to the point where like he was physically ill before going into work because he, it was just such a stressful environment. And we decided at the same time to also buy a house. And so we bought a new house and it was before we put our old house on the market. And so like, that's just stressful in and of itself. And on top of all that, my son was not a good sleeper. And so it was finally like the sleep deprivation caught up with me and it all kind of just, you know, culminated at this five month mark. And I remember calling my doctor and I was just in tears because I just felt like I can't handle this. And I genuinely was concerned, like, is something wrong with me? postpartum depression runs in my family. And so it's something that I wanted to be very proactive on. And, you know, I, I didn't know, I'm like, is this it? Is it just because I'm stressed? There's a lot going on. I have no idea, but I called my doctor. Um, and was just in tears and just was like, I need to talk to my doctor. And I went in the office the next day and just kind of poured everything out. And that was really therapeutic for me to get that all out and really just be heard and to be seen and to be validated. And she really even just let me know that, no, she didn't actually think it was any postpartum depression, but more so just validating you have a lot going on. There's a lot and it's okay to kind of buckle under this pressure a little bit, but also really just to recognize these are all short-term things. These are short-term phases. My husband during the same time had gotten promoted to a different job. So it was like, great, that kind of solved that problem. You know, we sold our house and that solved that problem. You know, tax season obviously has a deadline that solved that problem. You know, eventually we figured out with my son, though he was the problem that kind of got solved last <laughs> with sleeping, but they were all short-term things. And I think that was just a really eye-opening moment because I'm not one. And I think a lot of us working moms are probably like this, that we don't generally ask for help. And I had hit a wall and it had a moment where I needed to, I needed to reach out for help and to just be validated in everything that I was experiencing and to know that I wasn't alone, I think was my biggest moment. And, and really just helped give me my own perspective as well, that one, not only are these phases short, eventually they will pass and we will move forward and we'll be in a better place for all of this that we're going through, but to also realize that I do need to ask for help and, and I can't give and give and be the best version of myself, whether it's for myself personally or professionally or as a wife, but for sure as a mother, I can't be my best version of myself if I am this beaten down and weak. And so acknowledging that I think was my 
my biggest Tabitha moment that I do have to take care of myself and just recognizing that this too shall pass. It might not feel like it when you're in the middle of it. In fact, I will just about guarantee it won't feel like it when you're in the middle of it. It feels like it's never ending, but I promise it's not everything passes. And so I think that was probably my, my biggest Tabitha moment. That's pretty deep because we all hit a wall. We all hit a wall in our motherhood journey, but it's also a good thing to go talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. to, just to go talk to someone who's going to say, it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. And it's going to get better. Absolutely. I, I think those are the best doctors um, because my, my doctor did the same thing. Mm -hmm. She literally, like I was in her office for an hour and you know, that's like unheard of. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It, it was by far the longest appointment I think yes. I ever had with her out of how many times had she seen yes. me in the like nine to 10 months that you're growing a human. And then to feel as though I actually have yes. her undivided attention because yes. those appointments, you know, I mean, you're, it's like 15 minutes you're in and out and to feel as though, okay, here's someone who's going to listen. Yes. Um, I mean, yes, I love my doctor, but even if you don't feel comfortable with that, having someone, some yes. kind of support, whether it's a doctor, like whether it's a professional of just your regular yes. OB or whether it's a therapist or whether it is a mom or a sister or a best friend, someone that can, can listen and can empathize without putting their own expectations or their own shoulds on you, I think it's hugely important that sometimes you do just need to be validated and to just know that you're not alone. And I think that's that, so that is so important. You're not alone. You are not alone. And go ask for some help. Yes. Ask for that help. It's so important to have help because we can't do this by ourselves. No. We, we cannot do this by ourselves. We need help. <laughs> in order to survive Absolutely. we need help and for everybody else in our house to survive we need help <laughs> <laughs> yes very true we need help yeah. Kristen how can we stay in touch with you and just learn about all the good things you're doing hear about your award that you're <laughs> going to receive later this year how can we keep in touch with you yeah. Well, I would say LinkedIn is probably the best place. It's the platform I'm most active on and you can just search for me, Kristen Printon. I am probably actually under all three names, Kristen Brandley Printon, but LinkedIn's probably the best place. I would say if you have any interest in learning more about me professionally and what I'm doing there and reading about my bio and how I work with people, it's probably through either LinkedIn or my website. And then you can check me out at uh, moxiewealthmanagement.com. So Moxie Wealth is the firm that I co-founded back in 2015. So either of those places are great. And my email and phone number are both listed. Uh, they're both readily available in either space. Um, so feel free. I'd love to to connect, especially I'm always open to talk with another working mom because I think there's just an immediate kinship there that we can all
even if we come from very different backgrounds and, you know, very different industries and kids of different ages, there's still an immediate connection there. So I would be happy to connect and chat with anyone who wants to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, like I said, I'm, I met Kristen on LinkedIn and, you know, just instantly connected with her as a working mom, as someone that I can, you know, put in my village. Um, and so it's LinkedIn is like the best place to be y'all. <laughs> Absolutely. If you're best not there, place. please get there. Yes. yes. <laughs> but definitely we're going to put all of Kristen's information in the show notes so that you can have the direct link to her LinkedIn, to her website, so you can follow her, so you can learn more about her. And y'all, I can't wait for her to receive her award this year. So as soon as she gets it, I will let y'all know. (laughs) So we can just go congratulate her and and just be happy for her, you know, Um, because that's a huge huge accomplishment in making career history. So thank Thank you, you, Kristen, for being here. We appreciate it. And we just love hearing about you and how you've been able to make history. So thank Thank you you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Well, thank you everyone for joining me for this episode of the Latika Vine show. Hopefully in the next episode, my voice will be so much better, but I look forward to seeing you next time. Take care and God bless you. Thank you so much for joining today's show. It is my hope that you gained at least one tangible tip to help you balance life and grow in your career. I get it. Trust me, being a working mom has its hard moments, but it is possible for you to lead and grow your career and balance life. And in this show, we will continue to talk about it. But before you go, don't forget to check out the show notes for all the highlights, links, and anything else that was mentioned during today's show, because those tips are going to help you make sure that you can balance life and lead and grow your career. Well, until next time, stay well, remember that you are enough, and that God has you covered. See you next time.